Uh, I just believe in the process, and we're, we're going to win going through the process. Now, Bill's Mafia, it's time for the main event. So sit back and enjoy the show. Bill's Mafia, welcome to the Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bill's podcast. Bill's News with a UK twist. It's Robin. Good evening. I'm Matt. Hopefully we'll be joined by Mark. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Any minute now. Uh, <laughs> so we have, I think what you could say, was it a comprehensive and just totally dominant? Um, yeah, putting, putting my middle-aged pundit hat on, um, you look at the score, 37-3, and it looks like an a- a- absolute mauling, and yet it was 16-0 coming into the fourth uh-huh. quarter, wasn't it? it was, you got 21, Bill scored 21 in the, in the fourth quarter. That, that probably more accurately reflected the um, um, the disparity between the teams. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get to it. Perhaps finishing teams off earlier might be something to, to, to work on uh, during the week. But yeah, I thought they, I thought they were, by and large, th- there was absolutely no way. I mean, you, you can nitpick about, well, you're only 16-0 and you should have killed it off. Fair enough. There's absolutely no way Washington Commanders were ever going to win that game. The Bills were completely on top. And for the exactly. second week in a row, the, 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 the so-called weak spots that we were worried about going into the season were actually certainly two of the strongest elements, the offensive line and linebacker. Yeah, I think I think it totally shocked me. I mean, I, I, for fantasy purposes, I was, I was kind of pissed towards the end of that um of that game because a we didn't keep a shutout which probably been more fancy points for my bills defense even though I won okay. the, even though i won the game that year and also um obviously josh allen throwing the um the pick yeah that cost me fancy points and obviously james cook didn't get the um didn't get the 100 yards so, so just short points. didn't he only 96 97 97 wasn't it? yards 97 yeah but i still good effort yeah, it's a very good effort. I think it it, it shows, and we'll, we'll talk into it, that I think, without a doubt, he is the de facto number. We can now say he's a de facto number one. We absolutely can, the whole the whole game was a very good a very good performance. We had a good balance mm-hmm. on attacking them, on run and pass. And this defense is just, just something else at the moment. And you can quite clearly see that maybe it was, and this would probably be a very hot take, maybe it was Leslie Frazier that was kind of holding this defence back. Yes, we've been top five in the years mm-hmm. that he's been there, Yeah, but we were top five almost playing a little bit of vanilla with a bit of spice put in there, but since yeah. McDermott's come in, we've been pretty much top all the way through. Yeah, We've been top two or top one defense and there was a stat i saw i i wrote down somewhere um uh about uh, no that's not that one that we've only allowed a touchdown on two of 31 drives we faced this season yeah second in the nfl yeah i mean uh clearly we are you know we are missing tremaine edmonds T- t- terribly i mean i mean my god how how long did we spend during the off season of uh <laughs> you know he got got all his money and hey good loads of the kid absolutely absolutely happy for him got a big pile of money for, for going for going to the bears 
absolutely fine, mate. No, no hard feelings. Um, but my God, who, who are we worrying about with? Uh, who's going to be, you know, who's going to be linebacker too? That Trevor Benson fella, you know, Terrell Bernard. My, my yeah. God, what a game he played. Um, AFC player of the year of the week. Do you want to do you want to read the stat, stats out or shall I? You can. You've got them in front of you right now. I've got them in front of me. Seven total tackles. Five of the <coughs> seven. Five of the seven were, were solo tackles, but seven in total. Two tackles for loss. Two sacks. A very nice interception and a fumble recovery. Have a guess. You may know, and, and some of the listeners may know already. How many players in league history, in league history, have recorded those stats in a regular season game? That that number of, of tackles with sacks and interception and a, and a fumble recovery. I know there was two plus, but that was some completely different. Yeah, there's a couple. Of, one one in the eighties, one in the nineties. I'll, uh, I'll I'll put you out of your misery. So he's only a- seventh player in history. To have that kind of a game, absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Let's not expect too much of him every week, but <laughs> yeah, he's 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 just been he's just been absolutely terrific for us. And Erlacher was one of them, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. And then but, um, okay, then um, then we've also got a setup, and then I've got a stat for you. Then. Who are the only two other Bills with two sacks and an inception in the same game? Oh, three Bills. One is Bernard. Yeah. The other two are two sacks. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw out, throw out a couple of names. Brucey. Nope. One was from the one was from the eighties. The other ones from the um was a few years ago. I'm trying to think of like the we didn't have multiple sack guys. I remember Jairus Bird getting two sacks, but he probably wouldn't have had uh, two interceptions, but I wouldn't he wouldn't have had two sacks. Would have been linebacker. Um somebody like a sort of Kiko Alonso or something like that. As no. much as I wanted it to be the legend of Kiko, but it, it wasn't yeah. him. I like Bill's fans seemed like really seemed to be like anti him. I thought he was all right. I don't know what, what he did to yeah. him. People, I thought he was a pretty good player. Anyway, no, he was. Who was it? So have, I got, have I got you stumped? You got me stumped, mate. Yeah, I would be here all night. 23rd of December 1989. Okay, at um, at the Jets, Cornelius Bennett. Oh, do you know what? I would have actually, I'm not, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm going to say this now. I actually would have been a stab in the dark, but it would have been a lucky guess if I'd say Cornelius Bennett, but his name did cross my mind. And then, ironically, 25th of, um, of October, 2020, again, yeah. at the Jets, Jerry Hughes. Jerry! Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, good start. Good start, Matt. Yeah. And, yeah, so, but, I mean, it's, it's, and, okay, one more. Okay, go on. The last, the last off-the-ball linebacker to tally two plus sacks in a game. Bill's linebacker. Bill's linebacker. Two plus sacks? Mm-hmm. What do we need? Milano? No. Nope. That'd be too obvious. That's too obvious an answer. What, can, you, can you give me a guess on which era? 
Uh, it was three years ago. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know, mate. Who is it? It is AJ Klein. Oh, the Klein, the Klein man. Oh, eighth of eighth of November, twenty twenty. He, he got two plus sacks in the game. Twenty twenty season. Yeah. yeah, we were pretty good that year as well. Oh, we that was the that was the thirteen and three season, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was right. And it was right. Our lack of the last player. Um, to actually record two sacks, one interception, and one fumble recovery in the same game. Yeah. He was the last person to do it. That was in 20, that was in 2007. Yeah, doesn't happen very often, does it? No. But should we should it, we do a quick should we do a quick review? Unless you've got another stat, do you want to do a quick review of our picks from from last week? Uh, the one thing I want to just talk, talk about is, is is this defensive line. Okay, I go mean, on. obviously everyone else. Played played their part in it. I think what everyone had, everyone had a from a, a pressure. I think almost all the ones that started had had a sack, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, and, did Russo have a sack? No, he didn't. I don't no. think. But good as. A, where is it here? Well, I just lost it just a second ago. One forced fumble, four interceptions, nine sacks, ten tackles for the loss. The Bills pressured Sam Howell on 27 of this 39 dropbacks for 69.2%. That's the second highest pressure rate in the game in the next-gen stats era. Yeah. Seven different Bills generated four-plus pressures. Who was the, who was yeah, the top in quarterback pressure? In the, what, in the game just gone? In the game against the chart, uh, the game against the commanders, yeah. I'm gonna say because it was up the middle, Daquan Jones. No, no. Okay, I'll get one more guess and then you'll have to tell me. Yeah, one more guess. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna reject my the, the answer I was going to give. Eddie, yeah. hey, Eddie, Ed Oliver was seven. Yeah, good lad. But this is this is this is where, as I say, the, the defensive lines all come in. Second and joint third in that was Shaq Lawson with six quarterback oh, pressures. Yeah. And AJ Epinesa with five. Yeah. And obviously AJ Epinesa had a game himself. Yeah. He had what he well, I had written down here. He played twenty five snaps on defense and he had yeah. a pick six, a snack, and a tackle for a loss. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? And, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a damn stupid throw, wasn't it? Yeah. How to throw it, but hey, they all count. And then let's. I'll give you one more, one more trivia question quiz. Go on. He was the first. It's his first career interception for a touchdown, bar college and high school and all that. Yeah. And Buffalo's first pick six by a defensive lineman since when? Right. I'm gonna guess. I can't remember the year. But it's it's in, I'll give you the. Like, I'll give you. I'll give you the decade. It's the noughties. Is it the twenty tens? No, it's noughties. Oh, noughties. Two thousand nine. You see, the one I was going to say was we had a game against the Dolphins in Miami, and there was a pick six from one of the D linemen because he somersaulted into the end zone. Maybe he wasn't a D lineman. Maybe it was a linebacker. 
Okay, fine. So it's, it, it's a D lineman pick six. Yeah, defensive lineman. Yes. Uh, so maybe be, it wasn't. Maybe it was. A, yeah, maybe it was a corner. Edge or, 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 or a tackle. Right, got you. Oh, it's 2000. I'm probably not going to name the name. Who is it? Oh, no, it's 2000 to 2009. So it's in, the, it's in that, that time span. Yeah, it's in that range. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm no. struggling to think of many D linemen. Remember Ed Wang? It's, it was against. It was against New England. Okay. In um, on the fourteenth of September two thousand and nine, Aaron Schobel. Oh yeah, I would have been guessing for a long time. That was um, <laughs> I was just getting yeah I was getting properly back into it at that point. But yeah, I probably wasn't quite roster savvy, quite roster knowledgeable yeah. at that point. But I it just it just shows, and I say before we went through all these, how well this. This defense is actually um, is is doing under under McDermott, and just think they've got, they've got nasty, got, haven't they? We haven't got Von Miller yet. No, and who's Von going Miller's to coming back in a, in two three weeks. Yeah, probably so, for the Giants, Giants game, probably. As much as I hate, as much as I hate that, it's it'll be what it will be at the end of the day. But uh, as I say, two sacks from. Bernard, two sacks from Floyd, one and a half from Oliver and Jones. So you get defensive tackles getting a sack and a yeah. half on them. Whether yeah. the whether it was just great aggressive defense or a shite um, offensive line by the by the commanders, you've got to be you've got to be impressed how this how this team works and how they blitz because they're actually um, they've got the lowest blitz percentage in the league but the highest sack percentage. Yeah. No, yeah, it's not always what what what's the, what's the thing we're we're always saying about trying to get pressure with four, and then you add yeah. a, you add you add an extra one on a on a blitz, and um, yeah, and uh, uh, makes all the difference. Yeah, they keep they talk, keep talking about you know nasty McDermott talks about nasty and you know aggressive and that kind of thing, but everyone everyone's. Playing now, when you look at Shaq Lawson and Epineza, who were, you know, they were they were struggling to make the fifty-three, weren't they? When we were doing our pre-season, our roster predictions, they were they were right yeah. near the bottom, aren't they? But even they're coming in and making plays. So yeah, I think I think certainly depth-wise, this has got to be if if no if, if not just that, but um, at, at the very least, depth-wise, we've got one of the best defensive lines in the league. Surely, yeah, we and can survive an injury. Yeah, with, with with that stat, the Giants blitz the most in the NFL. Yeah. But they have the second lowest sack percentage. Oh god. And it's showing that the McDermott, okay, it's only been three games, is he's actually become a bit more aggressive and, and, and physical and more attacking. Okay, we're giving up big plays sometimes with missed tackles and all that. But yeah. You're seeing the results come out of what's happening, and really, we we said it in the um in the preview, the game's got to be won in the trenches. And if yes, you flip did. it to the if you flip it to the offensive line, one quarterback hit. You, uh, yes, that was from uh, Sweat. That was from Sweat, wasn't he? Yeah. In yeah. two weeks, they faced they faced obviously Jonathan Allen. Montez Sweat, Darren Payne, Chase Young, Max Crosby, 
both Torrance and and Spencer Brown faced majority of them. They yeah. played a hundred percent of the snaps again this week. Yeah. And they gave up one QB pressure, QB high, and no sack. Yeah. I think and I think even even that is like no no sacks. Um and I think there was nine nine hurries, wasn't there? Mm. Which when you think which when we were talking before the game and I was making the point, oh of course, you know, Josh is probably gonna get sacked a couple of times and Spencer Brown's gonna let him let a guy by once and that kind of thing. Okay, we can live with that. This is a really good defensive line from from Washington and oh well you kept Crosby quiet against um uh, against the Raiders, but they've got four Crosbys on their defensive line. Do you remember all of that chat that, that everyone, yeah. uh, everyone was saying? And it's like, well, however you did it. I don't know if you've got the stat to hand. I was trying to look for it just before the um, before we started recording. I couldn't find it. Uh, I did notice the Bills were playing with the sixth O-lineman. Uh, yeah. Just to sort of help help out and probably to help out Spencer Brown. Now, I'm okay with that. You obviously means you're taking a receiver off, and that probably explains mm. why the Bills didn't move the ball. <coughs> quite as well down the field because then you've got a mismatch on defense in the secondary. So they've got one extra person. So it's probably more difficult to find people, which is probably why Diggs had half of the receiving yards because he's the only yeah. one to get properly separated. Um, but I don't know if it's just worth, I don't know if you had a percentage to hand about how often there was a sixth lineman. I mean, I'm fine. I'm totally fine with it. If that, if that helps fit, if, if it gets, the I can, I couldn't find anything on that one. <coughs> I mean, okay. maybe it's not, maybe it's not one thing. Maybe it's not one they capture. They usually capture things like the um, personnel groupings they were in, and they they you know yeah. blitzes and and that sort of thing. But I don't know if they they do a count of of six O linemen. I don't know what what personnel grouping that counts. I don't know. Uh, right in, I mean, no. and and that's the good thing. I mean, in those two weeks against it, you've seen how Dorsey and Cromer have really adapted and um, and game planned on that. I mean, obviously, they've used six O-lineman sets. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done, they've called motions, play actions. Yep. They've used running back and tight ends on both edges to chip. Yeah, yeah. Um, angle blocks and gap runs, pullers, playing under center, play action. Yeah. All these sort of stuff that actually has helped Josh Allen in a, in a lot of ways in that, apart from, obviously, yeah. the errant throw. But... Yeah. It's it's good to see, and when you've got a Miami side coming up, and we're going to get into the preview for that in in a bit. Yeah, that that front four is that defense or front seven is actually still a very strong front seven. What they've been able to do the last couple of weeks, so long that continues, we can have an offensive line and an offense that finally is getting that balance. And yes. What the only thing, the only downside to this offensive line, pass protection at the moment is great, is they're still not opening up enough holes and creating enough gaps for for James Cook to get through. But even even then, he finds those extra yards. Yeah, they can just make it. If they can just give it a bit more cleaner pocket for cleaner gaps for Cook to do, then maybe maybe each week. Cook's going to get there or thereabouts to 100 yards, but yeah. in less carries than than what do you have like 12, 14 carries or something like that. He seems to have quite a lot of um, quite a lot of carries, but it, it's always the hard yards. We don't get like the splash plays that you see the likes of 
Deke Elliott, um, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley get, where they yeah. can just bounce it to the outside or bounce it inside, and bang, they're away. Yeah. Yeah, let me let me let me stick in a plug as well because I'm I'll happily be the only person who's actually quite 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 satisfied that we're running the ball on second down. Um, I know some people don't don't like us doing that. The way I see that the reason why I think that why they're doing it this way is they're confident that Josh can get us those yards on the third down, but I think they're making an investment into the running game, not only to get the reps to get those yards, but also you can then do a play action and people and the defense will properly bite on it now because the Bills yeah. are showing that they're not afraid to run the ball twice. They're not afraid to put the ball in James Cook's hands. Yeah, we'd like a bit more on the first down. Quite often we're getting quite a few second and eights and second and nines and that sort of thing. And Okay, you want to try and get three or four more or try and get to a second and six at the very least and then a third and two, so that, that kind of thing. But I like the way they're committing to that run game. I like the way that mm. they're that they're mixing up the running backs, they're getting the yards, and then on the third downs, what it, it what it gives you two things. It makes defenses respect the run game, which means that sets up the play action. And it also means as well that that offense, if you're converting the third downs, you're keeping the offense on the field. You keep uh, you know keeping the defense on the field and slowly wearing them out. And I, I wonder if for all the oh it was 16-0 coming into the fourth quarter, those three touchdowns in the fourth quarter were I would say a direct result of all the investment you made in the first three quarters. Because by the time they got onto by the time defense, defense, the, the Washington defense was knackered by the by the fourth quarter, and then you can really start to take advantage of them. Then you can really start yeah. to open them up. And I suppose my final, the, the final point that I'll probably make about that, and I know it's early, and I know we've really only had two games where the Bills were properly good. The first one was just a bit of bit crazy on both sides. I don't think anyone expected Aaron Rodgers to go out. I think that affected everybody. And you'd game plan for Aaron Rodgers, and now you're playing Zach, Zach Wilson. It's like playing the guy with the injury, like I was saying. I think the Bills have found an offensive identity around this 12 personnel, commit to the run, Limit Josh's mm. scrambles. I think they found, like you said, I think they found a kind of balance between run and pass that they will hopefully, as the, as the season goes on, start to just perfect a bit better, just pick out those few extra nicer throws. Like you say, try and open up those lanes, open up those creases uh, in the run game as well. I think the offensive line is growing in confidence. You look at people like Spencer Brown, you look at, you know, you, God, Osiris Torrance, for God's sake. I mean, the guy look, looks like he's been playing for us for five years, doesn't he? Yeah. Does, even, doesn't, he look, doesn't he look incredible? What was the thing before the season? The right side of the offensive line is is it's going to kill us. Josh is going to get his legs yeah. broken. And and you you're just not that worried. They've schemed it a bit, yes. I, I just think the I think Spencer Brown's needed a couple of games just to it's all right, mate, you can do it. You know, we are gonna we're gonna figure this out together. And I just think that they I think they found something in this balance that I think makes them very, very dangerous. Because they can still have Josh scramble and pull it out if they if they need to, but he's not gonna have to put the team on his back now. He's got he's got a model. That, that, that can move the ball downfield and, and bring them success. I mean, on, on James Cook, this is yeah. this is what we were actually saying about how they've adapted the run now. They've actually tried to put more effort into the run. Yeah. Now, of the 56 qualified running backs in the first three weeks, James Cook is second in rushing yards. Wow, He's really? tied fourth in yards per carry. 
He's fourth in yards after contact. He's tenth in yards after contact per carry. He's yeah. tied ninth in missed tackles forced. He's tied second in runs of ten plus, and he's tied fourth in runs of fifteen plus. That's wow, only that after good. three weeks. And yeah, yeah. We've only three we've weeks. Played at least one, or we'll played two, strong defenses. Okay, the Raiders. They're, they're pretty much a one-man band at the moment on on defense, but that's playing a strong Jets defense, a strong um, Washington defense, and yet you've got someone like James Cook and what we're now doing, really helping us out and actually giving us that that balance that we can then attack. Yeah, at a later point, and then it also sets up the play action. Yeah, yeah Josh is one of the. Um, Josh is one of the best players at. Yeah, and and, but it doesn't work. That. It doesn't work if the defence don't believe you. If mm. you're prepared early on, those first and second quarters, to run the ball on first and second down, it makes your play action so much more uh, effective in the third and fourth quarter. It's a four-quarter <clears> game. You don't win or lose the game in the first quarter. But they do seem to be setting up a strategy that pays off later in the game. Yeah, and I, I, I just, I just think I don't, I, I don't. Is there anything else more we can really praise this defense with at the moment? I mean, there was a lot of offense or defense. You look, you're looking for, for weaknesses, and okay, you could, you could nitpick about maybe they could do a bit better on first down. Maybe they could have done a bit better in the red zone. Um, kicked a couple mm. of field goals that maybe they, they, they should have finished. That. But they won it thirty-seven-three for God's sake. I mean, you know, you're not necessarily going to kick a field goal every time. Um, it may yeah. be more crucial in the game we've got coming up that they that they make seven instead of three, and that's I'm sure that's something we'll talk about. Um, I was going to say last last word was just on uh, just to, just to review the two players we each picked from last week, just to see how they yes. how they got on. Um, yeah. If you don't know, I'll, I'll just say my first. So I, so I picked Trey White to have a look at because I wasn't he was back, but I don't know if he was you know back back kind of thing. So I kept kept an eye on him. So he he was. He was in coverage for 32, uh, 32 snaps in pass coverage. He had six targets, and there was three receptions from his six, or fifty percent, for 19, 19 yards. Yeah, seven point four passer rating, one interception, yeah. and all that. And then it was your other one. You My other one was Dal- Dalton Kincaid. Now, um, <coughs> D- D- Dalton Kincaid, two two receptions for three yards. Now, my first thought, my, my my first thought when I saw that in the game, and I, and I thought two receptions for three yards—that's not very good. And then I had a look at what he's done in his first three games of his NFL career, because a bit mm. like Osiris Torrance, it's like he's been playing for us <clears> forever. <throat> he's had eleven receptions from twelve targets, yeah, which is pretty damn good for seventy-two yards average, six point five. And I went on to ESPN. Obviously, you don't believe a word anyone says when it comes to projections. But their projections, they're projecting for the will be 62 catches from 68 targets. Now, before the season, the figure I saw through around was, what's a good season for a rookie tight end? You know, what's what's a good thing? And the figure I, I heard was 50. I thought, if he goes 50, that's pretty good for a, for, for a rookie Three a game, three four a game. But if he if he keeps at that pace, 
he's in the six he's in the sixty range. I think that's a terrific first season for him. They're not overloading him. They're not asking him to do too much, but he's going to chip in with some valuable catches. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy with that. I mean, with me, it's, I, with me, I think we've already talked about them. I went with <laughs> yeah. I you Bernard. What have you said there? He's, uh, he's, it, he's already had his flowers. It's definitely something. It's definitely something that we're going to do each week. Now we're going to pick when, and also when Mark gets here, he's been briefed on this. He's had um, instant issues. That's why he's not uh, not making his appearance on the on the show. Um, but every week we're going to pick two players, one offense, one defense to watch, and then we will compare going forward. We only have one rule on this one. We cannot pick in consecutive weeks. So for next for this one, when we now go on to the Dolphins preview, Robin can't choose Kincaid or White. I can't choose Bernard or Torrance. So definitely going to be definitely going to be an interesting one there. So I mean, let's just move on. Let's move on. Let's go yes. week four. Dolphins, the number one, number one, number two ranked. Well, number one ranked defense against number one ranked offense, number yeah. two ranked offense in the um, in the Bills. First of all, I want to ask you: <clears throat> Is the win the Dolphins had against the Broncos mm-hmm. as it just showmanship? Were the Broncos that bad, or Miami that good? And yeah. initial initial thoughts: Are you worried about the game? I am worried about the game, but I'm not actually worried about the game as a result of the 70 points because we knew that they could score. Hmm. I I think it always takes two to tango. I think the Broncos were uniquely bad. Um, I don't think they're very good. Uh, I think they seem to be a a bit of a a dumpster fire at the moment. It's worth pointing out they did still score 20 points, and it was actually coming up to half time. There was still, it was still a one score game coming up to half time. They did all the damage in the second half when they were running it up. There's obviously a crazy theory that, obviously, with all those text messages and stuff, that the Dolphins wanted to bring in Tom Brady and Sean Payton as the quarterback and and head coach. And you wonder if McDaniels was was trying to make a point to to Payton or something like that. I don't. I don't really think so. I don't think people necessarily necessarily do that. Um, yes, I am worried about the Dolphins, but I also know that freakish results happen. You saw Newcastle put eight past Sheffield United at the weekend. They're not going to beat. They're not going to beat teams eight nil every week. And Sheffield United aren't going to lose eight nil every week. They're not a very good team. Newcastle are a good team, but it doesn't mean Newcastle are unbeatable. Just because they yeah. didn't continue goal and scored eight games, you know they're, they're a good team who played very well, and Sheffield United aren't a very good team who didn't play very well. And I think that's that that usually transfers, I think, across most sports. You know, yeah. a bad team playing badly can look can look a lot worse. It's interesting. Yeah. It was something that isn't it like only the third time in history or something that a team's ever scored seventy points. Yeah, um, I think. And the problem is with all this gambling around and all this, you know, sort of spot betting and that kind of thing. You kind of start to wonder. You sort of start to see like weird field goals being kicked or people going for it on fourth down near the end of games in garbage time. Because you sort of think someone like having a bet to, to see if they could get to seventy or something. Because you yeah, wonder that's... if somebody somewhere had put a bet on to see whether they get to seventy or something like that. Who knows? They're a very good team. Dolphins. They're, I mean, even before the team, they they were ranked in kind of top five defensively and offensively. 
Mm. Um, but we have a very, very good defence. And if we have a good plan, I think... Yeah. I, I don't think they're, like, they're going to be like coming coming to us. I think it falls well that, that we're playing them at home this time. Yeah, I think I think there is there's always going to be a sense of of, of trepidation, a sense of anguish, or not anguish, um, worry, anxiety. Anxiety has to work. So if they the win, they go to they're two games ahead of us. We two and two, yeah. they're four and zero. Oh. They're two games in front of the AFC East, and that's 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 tricky. We win, we go above them three and one normal service resume so there's even even for the fourth game of the season there's there's something riding on it but when when i saw that when i saw the 70 20 result i'm there i'm there thinking i'm not i'm not overly overly worried about it because i mean the broncos they're what oh and three they lost to the raiders yeah they lost to the who, who put 35 points up on, on yeah. the Broncos? Okay, the Raiders only put 17, but the Raiders have been shit this year as well. Yeah. So I know that that Broncos defense is is poor, but another thing is the Dolphins haven't really played anyone anyone good. I mean, they played the Chargers the first week. They yeah. the Chargers put 34 points on the Dolphins. They almost should have won it. Maybe yeah. it was it was a live game right right to the end. So there was that, and then they played the Patriots two weeks ago, and yeah. that wasn't a foregone conclusion. And the Patriots no. with with Mac Jones put seventeen points on the and, and again that was that was a live game right right to the end as well. So for all this, oh fuck me, dead. They scored seventy points. They can't miss. Tyreek <clears throat> Hill will eat you alive. Like. You still only scored twenty four against the Patriots, and they they were still in that game near the end. So come and, on, and even and even though they say the Broncos, they have on a day they could have a good offense. Russell Wilson, okay, he's declining, but he's still a decent decent starter. You have Jerry Judy in there as well. You have <coughs> you have some decent receivers. Even they put up twenty. On this Dolphins defense, and you yeah. kind of think to yourself, there's not really anything that can make you think, "Oh, this this Dolphins defense is going to completely smother the Bills." Yeah. Yes, they've upgraded their defense with their defensive backs and all that, but when you allow a Chargers team to put 34 points up, you let a sh- shitty um, Patriots team. Put seventeen yeah. on you with say with Mac Jones and a Broncos faltering offense put twenty on you. You're yeah. thinking all you're trying to do is you bring all this effort onto the um, onto defense, but it's not working. There's there's something still missing. Yeah, they're still they're still, le- they're still leaking points, aren't they? I mean, yeah. I think we have a better offense than the Chargers. <clears throat> Chargers are just those just must drive you crazy. Because you know they can be good, but too often they're not. I mean, they did you see the Vikings game on the Sunday? Both teams desperately trying to lose. It was it was just bizarre, like how how mm. both teams were throwing it away. And the Chargers did their best to lose. They had two 
goal line stands against the Vikings and the Vikings still managed to find a way of ballsing it up and losing. So the Chargers won that one. And so that team puts 34 up on Miami. Well, the Bills have a better offense than the Chargers. Yeah, exactly. Bills can make Bills can get to 30 points. It's can you can you can you come up with a good enough plan? Can can you make enough good enough stops? And mm. I think they will get their yards, they will move the ball between the twenties. And you can use Tyreek Hill speed, and you can use Jalen Waddle, and you can you can get them, you can get the big yards after catch, and you can slow them down, you can get the big big yards. But eventually, you run out of field, and when you mm. get into you get into the red zone, it's going to be can the can the Bills make enough stops or can force enough field goals, and then can the Bills score enough touchdowns going down the other end? And I that's think... what that's what I think it's going to come down to. It's not so much the offense O line D line like it was <clears> last week. It's going to be sevens and threes. I think. I think this is where the key for for the Bills, especially on defense, is going to be is actually um, is keeping an eye on Tua because I've got yes two I've eyes got, if you can spare them. Got stats here from from PFF uh, when it's actually disappeared that obviously you, everyone splits the field up into left, right, and middle when they're passing. Yeah, when two or throws in the middle, so between the between the numbers, yeah, he's forty five for fifty four, six hundred and seventy five yards, four yeah. touchdowns. Okay, when he throws to the right hash, so yeah. that's for him. Obviously, as yeah. a lefty, yes, of course, that's across yeah. himself, isn't it? Yeah, he's sixteen for twenty three, two hundred and twelve okay. yards, three touchdowns. Okay. And then when he's out to the left, he rolls out and throws to the left, he's 11 for 21, 137 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Oh, that's a really interesting stat. And I bet that's a stat that McDermott will be looking at as well. And can you, can you force him to throw to that side? And under pressure, when you put him under pressure, he's had about 20 snaps under pressure. He's completed only 10 of those for 167 yards. A fifty percent of the completion percentage and one interception, and on those pressures, only seven of those were converted yeah. as first downs. Yeah. So the game plan there is to try and take away the middle. Yes. For um for Tua and yes, and we've got we've got a defense, especially linebackers, that actually can do it because. And a D line that can, that and can the D -line, yeah. that, that, that first read, that that easy throw, the the the, the planned play. Because the because the lowest quarterback rating allowed by linebackers through um through three weeks, number one, Matt Milano. Yeah. With twenty eight um twenty eight. Is this across the league? Across the league. Okay. After the first three weeks for linebackers. Second, Terrell Bernard, thirty-eight percent. So you're telling me the Bills' linebacking core, the unit, is the number one and number two. Yes. Or that's lowest uh, quarterback rating allowed. The lowest quarterback rating. Yes, forcing quarterbacks into being bad. Yes. Rating is is the Bills is the number one and number two. Oh, yeah, that's, that's 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 impressive, <laughs> and it just it just shows. I, I'm going 
whilst whilst we talk about that, I'm going to find the actual um find the rest of that t- team. Um, but there's your key already is to <clears throat> is to make sure that if you try and take away that middle, so Teron Johnson's going to be a key. Hopefully, Hyde and Poyer they're going to be um they're going to recover. Yeah, Hyde was um, was full. This is a Thursday we're recording, so Hyde was a full after being a after not practicing a Wednesday. Uh, Poyer was a didn't practice as he has <laughs> been for Wednesday Thursday. But I, I have the funniest feeling he'll he'll pull himself uh, around for for Sunday. But yeah. it's, a, it's a knee as well, so it's it's hamstring. I'd be more worried knee. Uh, yeah, I'd be all right. But you're looking at it and you're thinking. If we can take them on, if we can take out the middle, there's always going to be a chance on the outside, especially if we can somehow work it to the left-hand side. Or put, and with this offensive line, who have jumped from only having a couple of sacks in the first two weeks to now being joint second in the league in sacks, if they can get that pressure on Tua, there's really your opportunity there to, to really take out and make make this team Miami offense slow and then that limit that teams obviously takes away the big play games from Hill and Waddle I mean to be honest if they do if they do get the ball to Hill and he does make a fair few more um yards after the catch fine I don't I don't care too much about that it's as long as we can get that pressure and actually force Tua into mistakes yeah if we can do that, then then great, and that is that will be the key for this um, for this offense or this defense. Yeah, getting yes, he's getting getting him off that first read, isn't it? You, you got to mm. think. I, I can't remember who was saying it, but you know Russo and those long arms getting into his face. He gets the ball. I don't know if you've got the stat about how quickly he gets rid of the ball, but it's pretty quick, isn't it? Uh, so about you, two point. 2.4 seconds or something like that yeah, pretty, pretty fast then okay um so yeah it's 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 getting in his face trying to put him off take him off the first three try and get him uncomfortable and then have have the secondary close down the receivers because if you can just get him you, you hope the the longer that he delays if he can if you can get him to hesitate then you could make it yeah you can make it more difficult uh for him to make the completion but yeah, it'll be, in, it'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's that's the way that we need to go. I mean, we've got this this defensive line from the from the Dolphins. They've not been that. They've not been that dominant. Let's put it that way. No. Don't get me wrong. They've got they've got a good they've got a good front four, good front seven. I mean. The one injury report to watch out for for Miami is Jalen Phillips. He's been he's been out the last two, or he's been limited and he's been out in the last two games or last two days in training camp or training in, in practice, and that would be a big blow to them. But you're just looking you're just looking at it and just seeing they've not been that dominant, and we've actually held probably one of the probably in my opinion at the moment the best front four in washington yeah to one quarterback hit we've stopped a um a perennial 
pro bowler and 10 plus sack guy in Max Crosby. Yeah. And nothing. Yeah. And then you're facing Jalen Phillips, who got 15 and a half sacks last year. Christian Wilkins, who's decent. Um, I can never remember the, the other guy in the middle. Is it Zyla? 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 I don't know. Um, you've got him. And then obviously you've got that linebacker core. It's going to be a tough for this um, for this offense, but if they can do what they did against Washington with the chips, with the misdirections, um, yeah. actions, and all that, you can look at you can see that that is your key for this yes. this, this Bills offense to go ahead and actually beat beat um, beat this Dolphins defense. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's staying it's staying on the field, isn't it? <clears throat> If the offensive yeah. line can give Josh enough time, if they can open up enough gaps in the running game, if they can keep converting on the third down, so they can keep moving the ball, tie the defense out, and then crucially get seven instead of three, then mm. yes, then it's then you're forcing Tua to come out and 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 uh, and and try and beat you with his, with his arm. And if you can just sort of slow, you can just sort of scramble, mix them up, not slow him down, but. Because it, it, it's naive to think you're going to completely shut this Miami offense down. They are good, but you could you could see yourself getting two or three stops. Yeah, and even get two or three stops, or to, or or as well as uh, a couple of field goals instead of touchdowns. If you can hold them to to twenty four, twenty seven, then you can put it you can put it on Josh and the offense to go down and get you four scores. If you could, yeah. if you can keep it moving forward, and that that's the uh, yeah, that's where that's where it's going to be uh, won and lost. I think, and um, I, I found the um, found thing now about the lowest pass rating allowed by um, by linebackers. Oh yeah, a minimum of um, five targets. In third is Logan Wilson of the Bengals. Okay. Tied fourth is Anthony Walker of the Browns and Devin Bush of the Seahawks. Sixth. Is Buccaneers Devon White. Seventh is Demario Davis of the Saints. Eight is the Rams Ernest Jones. And ninth is um is a Dolphins player, Andrew Van Kinkle, who seems to have good games against the Bills and mm. is a danger man, like a Milano and like a Bernard, he will make the plays. But it just shows that the next best after Bernard was who was was Logan Wilson with forty point nine percent, but it just shows that what what McDermott's done and what he's doing really is helping this soft this defense and maybe it's going to be our our Brady versus Belichick argument, Frazier versus yeah. McDermott. So it could be that could be a case, and we could see what's going on what's going on with that, but. It's it's interesting, and also the Bills' defense. We talk about trying to slow down this offense. They're second in pressure percentage, at forty three point three percent. Tua has a um, out of thirty four qualifying quarterbacks. Tua has a pressure percentage of twenty three point one percent, the second lowest. So Tua can avoid the pressure. Bills. I see. Pressure. Meaning he is meaning he's only pressured. 20, of course, yeah. 23% of the time, right, got you. Yeah. yeah. Like any like anyone, as they say in Dad's army, he's not he doesn't like it up him, does he? No. So if 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 you can if you can bring the pressure to him in that short space of time, if you can put him off, 
then I think he might be liable to making a mistake. And I, and I suppose that's their game plan perfectly, isn't it? It's get rid of the ball quickly, find the yeah. find the right guy, <clears throat> go go to the run game if you can. They try and be try and be multi dimensional. Um, and they can't argue with three and zero. But what what I would what I would say as well, I mean, I'm not ready. Like unlike national media and um, and and the, the people who, who aren't as familiar to sort of crown the Dolphins the sort of Super Bowl candidates just yet. I think if they built beat the Bills fairly fairly handily, then yes, I would have to say fair enough. Um, but I don't I don't think it's going to be that. Um, I don't think it's going to be that that one sided either way. I think if the yeah. Bills have every chance of winning, um, I'll give you my prediction in a second, and we'll do our two two guys to to watch, two players to watch in a second. Um, yeah, if 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 the if the Dolphins win by fourteen, then fair enough. Then they're just too, then they are too good because if you can beat the Bills in Orchard Park, having lost the last seven, by the way, in Orchard Park, um, mm-hmm. then I think that. They, they 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 fully they fully deserve they fully deserve all, all, all the credit. If the Bills go and win, then I think those three the, then they, they're still essentially pretenders. You know, they won five yeah. six five six in a row. I think it was last year. But then they lost six in a row, and with a sort of timing confidence based team, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost a couple after that. And then they're just no, exactly. you know, they're no further and, forward. And even though the Dolphins put up seventy points against the Broncos. This is a stat that really, I want to say, shocked me as, as such. Um, the Bills only three points behind the Dolphins in point differential. Miami is no, yes, one. well, they wouldn't, yes, they wouldn't be because we've had two 30 plus point wins, haven't we? Miami are first with 59, with plus 59 um, point differential. Buffalo yeah. is second with plus 56 having lost one having lost a game as well yeah and i think the only thing that really is going to make me worry but not too much worry is um is this bill's defense because at the moment they're giving up 4.7 yards after contact per rush attempt yes most in the league, Broncos are second with three point four yards. Yes, you can. Yes, you can say. Yes, you can say it's it's inflated a bit because of the Bruce, um the Bryce Hall run in Week mm. One. But when you've got something like that, and you see saw what um, what Mozart um, and Ashane did against the Broncos. That's the only stat that's going to get me. That's going to get me worried on this defense. Yeah, they maybe want to tighten that up, don't they? Mm. You don't want to, you don't but, want to give them too. Don't want to give them any easy first downs. But even even so, the percentage. This is this is another fact about the Bills running game. That out of all the teams, and this is according to Sharp Football, the Bills are the best when it comes to running back um, to the amount of. Um, rushes, which they gained zero or fewer yards. So, obviously, all the rushes where no one can get any yards or lose yards, the Bills are statistically only 9% of their runs end up as zero or fewer yards. Yeah. So, it's 
so it shows that we've got that we've got that what do you call it we've got we've, we've got certainly seen we've certainly seen the, the 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 run defense get get tightened up it's slightly loosened doesn't it we've let a few through mm. um past couple of games so yeah that but is important. that's been that's been more garbage time runs more yeah because i mean we held josh jacobs to minus three minus three minus eight yards we did and we've held we held um uh Brian Robson or Brian Robinson and, and Antonio Gibson to not that many yards last week. So it's it's something definitely to 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 look at and something that really we need to we need to just get more of. And we've seen yeah. that the fact that Cook is actually being actually boarding it with two hundred and sixty seven yards. It's a second in the league, six point one yards per carry. Um yards per game from scrimmage includes the 67 receiving yards at 113.3 yards per game average for, from scrimmage we've got we've got that multifaceted offense that we talked about in the um, in the washington review to really give this miami defense a um a bit of a scare <clears throat> so so let's do it. What are your okay. two? Who are your two players? One yeah. offense, one defense. One offense, one defense. Okay. So I, I slightly showed my hand earlier on in the conversation. So I'm going to pick. Um, might seem obvious, but there's a very particular reason. Uh, on defense, I'll start with. I'm going to pick Greg Rousseau because I think we need to we need to, we need to find ways of of jamming and blocking Tua at the line immediately at the snap. And I think Rousseau with those arms and that size. If he can get in and cause Tua just to think, just for that extra half a second, just to try and pull him off, just to block him from get, getting the getting that first throw away, I think that's going to be that that's going to be crucial. If they if they can stop him um, and just just make him think, just make Tua think, just a little bit more than he'd be comfortable with. It's amazing, especially because they they're always known for being this sort of timing based offense as well. So if the guy's not where he's supposed to be, or if he is there but the throw doesn't come, then what do you do after that? Um, and I just think if Russo could be could be very key. Uh, my offensive player that I'm going to go for is Damian Harris, and I say that because obviously okay. you and I both love, we both love James Kirk. He's going to be great, but I I, I think there's going to be a role for another <clears throat> running back, and I think the run game could be very big. I think we just need to keep the clock ticking, keep their defense on the field, wear them down, pick up a few first downs. And I think he could be very useful for that because we we're going to need some long drives, um, and we're going to need to get that we're going to need to get their offense off the field. And those are my two two players to watch. Okay, mine for defense is Christian Benford. Okay, I mean he's <clears throat> for a sixth round guy. He's actually he's actually shown, and the fact that he's had a hundred percent snaps all yes. games shows yeah. that. The, the front office, the Sean McDermott has a lot of faith in him, but obviously they're going to try and put Hill and Waddle on him at different times. And they're not like other teams where they'll lock down one side with one person. So how he actually deals with the team like that is at hand and Tyreek Hill is going to be the biggest beneficiary on that. If they can get Hyde and Poyer just to 
not not fully become a um a helper on there but fake mm -hmm. it yeah it's okay. to see bernard and how he can and what he'll need to do is mm -hmm. be physical at that line of scrimmage so if they're playing man he's going to need to chip and actually um get physical straight away on them mm. so they actually so it takes a little bit longer for them to to step up mm. It's one of those um, games where you, where you almost hope that Kyrie Elam had, had kind of made made because <clears> this <throat> possibly seems one of those games that he might have been better for. I think it'd be a bad idea to put him in, but it's the sort of thing that he would have been would have been good for. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree. To with be you. honest, I actually see Elam actually um, being active for this game. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. There was issue. There was an issue this week, injury wise, for Cam Lewis. So if they drop him out, they're going to need another cornerback in there. And obviously, Elam's the only one so far, unless they decide to bring Hamlin in. Um, and yeah. Like that. <clears throat> that's well, if Jordan, be... Boyer, if Jordan Boyer stays injured, they'll, well, they'll probably bring Taylor Rapp in, I suppose. But he might, yeah. he might, he might, well, make, he might well make Hamlin active, though, if Boyer's, if Boyer's not, not able to play. And then my second pick on offense yeah. is um, Conor McGovern. Oh, okay. Other than other than the Jets game, where he gave up a sack, he actually um, he obviously let three quarterback hurries on there. Yeah. The last two games, at least in, especially in pass protection, according to PFF, um, his grades are seventy-eight point eight against the Raiders, seventy-three point mm -hmm. seven against the um, against the Redskins of uh, Redskins. Like, you know, commanders, yeah, he's only given up two hurries. So, the only hurry had been given up with being um last week was against McGovern, and he was actually facing up against Dorsey Jonathan Allen. He's got, I saw, he just had a, he's just got that footwork, and he's just shown the, the ability to anchor inside. And with with Torrance at right guard, Morse in the middle, and McGovern in the um on left guard, I think we've got a set a set of interior offensive line. And I think he's gonna be a key, especially as he's more than likely gonna be up against Christian Wilkins. Okay. And he's gonna and Christian Wilkins is not not one to really shy at. Yeah. He is a decent defensive tackle. So yeah. those are my two to look at to keep an eye out for in the um in the game. Interesting. Well, it's going to be a good game, and uh, for anyone listening, get your VPNs ready because uh, it's going to be on uh, Sky Sports. So unless you have the description, uh, the subscription, uh, fortunately, Dazone is uh, is going to be blacked out for twenty four hours. So uh, thanks a lot, media media rights. So yeah, so, so I'll be having to watch this through the laptop. <laughs> so what's your what is your prediction? I'm going to go really bold. You look at teams that have massive, massive blowout wins, and they very often come back, come back down to earth with a bump. And I don't think the Dolphins will be anywhere near as good. Uh, whether it's they get overconfident or they get too cocky, or they just you know revert to the mean, as they say in statistics, where you just go back down to the average. I think the Bills' offensive line is is legit now. I think we have enough depth. I think. 
it's a divisional game. They're going to be sharp. They're going to want to get them. They're going to want to prove that they're still the best team in the AFC East. So I think they hold the Dol- the, the Dolphins to 20-something points. And I think the the offense is due as uh, you know that it's been trending in the right direction. They've been they've been doing the right things, and I think they'll tighten up a bit more because it's the Dolphins. Uh, you know, Raiders and Commanders, yeah, great, do just enough to win. That's fine. I think they're going to want to put on a bit of a show. So I'm going to go. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to say Bills thirty four, Dolphins twenty four. Okay, so you've got a two score game going going in. Yeah, there. maybe, and and it might it might well be that it's a, a score near the end kind of thing to make it that they go on a nice fourth quarter possession 27 24 and they get a touchdown just to kill kill the game off with three minutes to go and that's the end of it i think i think for me it's going to be a one score game i think i think both teams the bills defense versus miami offense miami offense versus bills defense i think they're going to cancel each other out it's going to be a high score game I, yep. I guarantee it's going to be a high-scoring game with with this offense, with both the offenses, and the Bills' ability to get takeaways. Yes, they will be. That will be the key is to maximize the take the takeaways. Because I think what we had those four, we had five turnovers against the um, against the Commanders, and what we only got like seventeen points off of that. Yeah. That against a team like Miami with that offense, that's a key you need to get. You need once you get a turnover, and yeah. Tua doesn't make that many. You know, I'll give him, I'll give him his credit. Yeah, he yeah. Many. he's been good so far. If they can get a turnover of any sort, they've got to, they've got to make it count. They've got to go yeah. for seven. Obviously, if they have to get three, fine. But every time they need to be, they need to get a touchdown, seven points. Because this Miami defense, this Miami offense, is explosive, and so that and keeping and taking away the middle for Tua is is my, is obviously my keys. But I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for a thirty twenty seven. Okay, but, to the Bills. Though. We're, both, we're both up on the Bills, though. Yeah. Oh, we've got to after our um, season prediction where we've gone for we've gone for three and one after. Oh no! Wait, we had no. We had us losing against the Dolphins. Well, I think we all said because I I had predicted us to lose against the Jags, but I said we we'd win against the Jets. So I said so after the Jags game, we need. I think we all said we'd be four and one after the Jags game. Yeah, Mark. So we need. Mark yeah, no, me, I think me and you said we'll lose the Dolphins game. Mark was saying we would win it and we'd lose to the Jets. So, yeah, I uh, said we'd beat the Jets and the Dolphins, but we'd lose to the Jags because we we just get it we get it too uh, too much. But uh, yeah, so just way, win the next two and we'll uh, we'll all be right. Yeah. So all all I say is obviously keep following us on on the socials. So Robin's socials, my socials. Mark socials, you can underscore bills on Twitter and Instagram, RWBB underscore podcast on on Twitter, Buffalo Bills Facebook group, um, Buffalo Bills UK. Obviously, week four coming up, big match, six o'clock start, and then we can start prepping for for London week. Uh, so all I'm going to say is for Robin, this is Matt. 
I say good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Buffalo Bills. Go, Bills. You don't know anything about work? You know anything about work? Huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills.